0: Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Cheese, Conrad alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce, So we have an emergency podcast on our hands because JT Batson, the new CEO of U.S. Soccer, and the U.S. Soccer President, Cindy Parlo-Cohn, have said it's an emergency press conference. We got some big news and some big news they dropped, boys. Ernie Stewart has left his position at U.S. Soccer as sporting director and headed over across the pond to PSV Eindhoven. And that's pretty good for him. But what does that mean for U.S. Soccer? We can get into his part of it. In a second, Heath, I'm coming to you. Ernie Stewart's out. Brian McBride's out. Heads are starting to roll. It doesn't look good for Greg Berhalter to stick around if his buddies are leaving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm I, i I'm not even positive
1: that they're all buddies, to be honest with you. Like, I... Well, not anymore. I, they probably I, were I, at some point. I would find it difficult if the three of us all sat in a hierarchical system. The three of us, I, I consider us friends. Maybe Charlie doesn't consider me a friend. But, you know, <laughs> you know. yeah, right. I, I've never been on I've never been I've never been, been on I've never been on his boat or his plane, but like I, that's just because we're on opposite sides of the country. <laughs> but like outside of that, like I would find it probably difficult to keep this relationship and bond that we have if we were in this hierarchical mm-hmm. system that reported in other people in a more corporate environment, right? Eventually, you start to get pulled in different directions, and we know U.S. soccer generally has been notorious for 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 just having people pulled in, in in all directions all the time. It's chaos. And now I was thinking about I was like, wow, this could be really great for a new coach to come in because maybe he gets to bring in a sporting director, maybe whatever. But then I'm like, man, are we all the way back like six, seven, eight years ago where we're now we need to fill all these places and fit in line with where we're going? Because Ernie Stewart was a step forward. Brian McBride was was in his role, and I don't know if he. I don't know if Brian McBride loved uh, that role and what was required of that role, um, but but I, I'm i very shocked that this is happening. I'm not surprised because this seems like it's going to happen, but now it feels like we've got a long way to go in our biggest stretch ever uh, or our most
0: important stretch ever uh, in the history of soccer in in North America. I'm trying to envision a world where Charlie's my boss and how I would cope with that <laughs> i just don't know Heath. If I can, you can't fire me i quit i, I quit <laughs> i'm not taking any more of your crap charlie okay all right so so charlie do you feel like because there's a there's there was a press conference a press release got re got put out by u.s soccer at the same time mm-hmm. where the brian mcbride decision they're they're claiming now was predetermined they had mm-hmm. already made the decision prior to the world cup so it didn't matter what happened there the the Reina Greg stuff, not part of it at all. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's the case, but okay. And then, and then, with regard to Ernie, do you think he just is like, this is just a shit show? And I, I can go home and go to a, a club that a, a big club in PSV. What? Why wouldn't I go do that? Why couldn't I get more into the day to day in a different way where I don't have to deal with all of the drama that's starting to surround U.S. soccer on the men's side at least?
2: Yeah, I mean one. I think Brian McBride, uh, he's, an, he's an honest guy. If, if that was the plan the whole time, great. But it, it definitely doesn't help that there's this big cloud around Claudio Reyna and Gio Reyna and Burhalter and, and and then all of a sudden his boss, Ernie Stewart, is saying, I'm out. I'm going to PSV. And I he, he was the sporting director for Azet Alkmaar, So he, he he's done it before. In terms of clubs that would bring you back, I think, PSV is is one of those clubs. I mean, it's only two, really, PSV and Ajax. And I think Ajax would be really difficult to, to get that job just because of, of all the people that have come through Ajax that are now, you know, whether it's Vandasar or Bergkamp. Um, it, it just feels like for him to get that opportunity, if he wants to maximize his potential in in that role, then it's something you got to take. I'm sure this didn't help. I think it made the decision much easier for him. But it's one of those opportunities that come along to go back to to a country that you feel home, uh, you feel happy in, you feel like it's home. Um, his family's
1: there. His, yeah. You know, like, oh, right, it's, right, right, it's right. It's, right. A, I mean, it's
2: kind of a no-brainer, I think, for him.
1: The, the, the other, go ahead, go ahead Jimmy. No no, 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 no. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say that the, the, the other thing with that is that I think the timing of it is is tough, but I was thinking about the role of the technical director, sporting director, general manager, of a national team when you've come from a club environment, right? And we know that he started, you know, before said he was at uh, NAC Breda and he, he's kind of been in that daily environment, right? Your daily interaction with players and staff. And that's different, right? He's maybe, he, he, of course, he's working across the gambit of, like, youth and everything like that, but it's a completely different type of role. And for his own personal ambition, you can't knock that. It'd be one thing if if he just left and we were like, uh-oh. How is this tied to the Berhalter situation or McBride mm-hmm. situation? Or how is this like, what's going to come out? And I think there's going to be a little bit of a lingering effect that we find out later down the line in terms of how it all played out. I I believe that to be true or that Ernie will be part of whatever process ends up happening, legal or otherwise. But um,
2: like the not stre- a good- the stress, the stress of the buildup to, to what, what ultimately happened in the, at the World Cup?
1: I mean, it, it's just when I think about this, right? And you think about the fact that US soccer has people that have been there for 25 years. Like the time to leave US soccer would have been all the times before, even uh-huh. now. But this idea that, man, we got 2026 on the horizon, right? I'm gonna stick this thing out. This is a life-changing thing for me, for soccer, for all these things that you have to have something either so good that you have to leave, or something has to be so, so bad, bad that you're wanting to leave, you know. And <laughs> yeah. I think it might be a mix of the 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 two. Yeah. Um do I think U.S. soccer is going in the right direction or attempting to uh, – trying to do their best to, to, to go in the right direction? Yes, but clearly uh, with this much change, it doesn't seem to be you know, um, uh, I,
2: in a good place right now. I, I can speak just from playing for Ernie as he was a sporting director at Philadelphia Union when I was there. He was at training every day, and I know he liked to be there because, one, he liked the interactions. He wanted to see the players – but he also had fun, you know, playing pickup games after, you know, the coaches all get together and they'd play there twice a week. They'd play their, their small side games. I think that's something that you, you crave. And once you have established, like that's, that's your way of life and you, and you ultimately change for us soccer for a bigger job, but you still have that, that feeling, that itch to get back to that type of, of, of uh, schedule. So
0: you know. Out of curiosity, what was Ernie Stewart's record as sporting director when, when, like, how much success did Philly have under his time?
2: Well, they got into the playoffs finally with with Ernie Stewart there, and I think the recruitment. Obviously, he groomed Chris Albright, who then got his opportunity in Cincinnati and has done really well. Um, he stuck and, with And, with Jim and when, and when I mean, I'm, Tanner, I'm, I'm and not when trying Ernst to insinuate Tanner. anything
0: by the way. No, and kinda, when Ernst like, Tanner curious. took over,
2: yeah. Ernst
1: Tanner did not have to start from scratch. Right there right, was right, there right. was a lot of Ernst is going to do it his way, but there he came in with some structure and some like we want to bring it to, take it to. And it seems like he's done
0: level. that with U.S. soccer, right? Uh, At least on the men's side, it feels yeah. like we started to get that, and obviously working through the women's side because he had touch points over there as well as part of his job requirements.
2: I will say, working through you know, all
0: the 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 lawsuits and all that must have been very stressful, and and uh, thankfully they got to what seems like a satisfying resolution for for both sides.
2: I know one thing he did for sure with the Philadelphia union is he brought a sense of professionalism. So he raised the level of the club. They traded for me in in August and typically, you know, in an MLS trade,
1: a trade I was, I wasn't a fond of for, for the union. I didn't see the value, Jimmy. I
2: didn't see
1: see the upside personally, but that's, Er, Er, you know, we'll ask Ernie about that specifically on another. Yeah, we 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 will. When we bring him on, we got to get him on,
2: Uh, but they traded for me. And he picked me up at the airport. You know, I think that's just something. It's a little thing. Was, but was he, he already there
0: or was he yeah. just having to be landed? The he, time. He, lives, he lives next he, to the airport. Lives, no,
2: but he, Charlie. He had a coffee and he yeah, picked me up. I think, and...
1: I think uh, on that, I think that's a huge, like, that is a European style cultural thing where you're brought directly into the family that I think a lot of MLS teams or maybe teams around the world don't think about, right? The little nuance. When I went to, when I went to, Denmark, it was very different. Like it was a little bit more like, "Oh, you're a grown man. Like you'll figure it out." Whereas, like in in (laughs) in other places like Germany, where there's a higher level of professionalism, they knew that, like, man, all we want this guy to do is focus on playing. So we are going to make him as comfortable as possible. And I think Mm -hmm. that piece has been, and it's getting better. But I, I know we laugh about the example you just used, but that's a really big deal for anybody to feel welcomed and part of something. And by the boss,
2: right?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you're bringing it up that story. I think it gives a, a side of Ernie that maybe people don't realize or don't appreciate. And and if he's bringing that type of warmth and touch to U.S. soccer, then I think he's going to – or he has left it in a better place than when he first got it, right? And obviously, we qualified for a World Cup on the men's side when uh after he took over and has been in a good and spot. And he took over just after the Women's
1: World Cup, by the way, which is not a great time – lawsuit wise, I think it's great for, for progress. And he, and he was willing to take that head on, which I think was up, up for challenges.
0: We got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. That that's we, yeah. we want him to fill in uh, some of these gaps and answer some questions for us. But now I guess the next set of questions are who's that we, we got a couple vacancies. We got to, We got to Ooh. fill out We got, we got Brian McBride's role. We got Ernie Stewart. We got potentially a head coaching vacancy. Now, Cindy Parlacone, the president, has come out and said that Greg is still a candidate. He's still right in the mix. You guys can take that for, for what it is. But uh, now it's like, well, who's leading the search? And apparently, it's U.S. Soccer has retained Sportsology Group to consult on the search. Now, who and what is Sportsology? They specialize in providing premium knowledge insight- and <laughs> street strategic advisory and operational support to franchise owners, global leagues and federations. Okay. So, so I took another step. I'm like, all right, who's behind sportsology. And the guy that is really running executive chairman is Mike Ford. Now Mike Ford, from what I understand, uh, worked with Chelsea for, for some time and he's very close with Carlo Ancelotti, which, Hey, if Carlo wants to come over and manage the national team, get on it, Mike Ford. But, uh, so then I went to Mike Ford's website, because why wouldn't you? And uh, it's, it's meetmikeford.com, which is awesome. And, and if you want to meet Mike, he says, Mike is a pioneer in elite sports, a leading speaker on performance development, and a trusted advisor to businesses and athletes across the globe. So at least from corporate speak, it sounds like we got the right guy. <laughs> Can I fill in the gaps for us? No pressure, Mike Ford. Now, U.S. Soccer also stated that who is overseeing the sporting department without a sporting director? And apparently that's going to fall to the new CEO, JT Batson, who has promised me that he'll come on the show at some point. Kate Marcaff, Mark Graff, excuse me, the women's national team general manager. You got Tom King, Elaine Lamos, Rick Cost, Dan Russell, uh, Dr. George Chiampas. I mean, just kind of everybody that is involved with U.S. soccer at a higher level is going to be trying to plug in where they can. It's They're stating that they're going to have everything kind of settled by the summer. Or it seems like that's the destination, which means Anthony Hudson is at least going to continue in his role as interim coach, potentially through the March games, the Nations League games, where that's an open FIFA date. Uh, Who do you Uh, think should be in charge of this? Heath, I'll come to you first. Like, like what... uh, Do do you like that? I mean, you should obviously have some outside counsel and outside consultancy just to make sure that you're looking at everything in a 360 type of direction. But... What do you think? When I think about these roles, right? I think they, those are full-time
1: roles. When I think about general manager, Mm -hmm. that is a full-time job that is, that is in it deeply in it all the time. I think, uh, uh, same thing with, with Ernie's job. That is a full-time role. That is not, that is not a, a luxury role. It's not something where you kind of check in and check out. And I think that, that that's, next person has to really, really want that. It is not an easy job. Um, I don't even know where to begin in terms of coach, general manager, sporting director, or uh, what was it? Sporting director or technical Mm -hmm, director. mm Um, um, like I don't even know where to begin in terms of filling that in because a lot of it is in, if you go back to a lot of JT Batson's, um, structure, he kept talking about new structure, new structure in some of his recent press conferences. And that means that that process probably should fall in line with that structure, right? Of who reports to who, who is, who is somebody's boss? Whose job is it to identify a head coach, right? Is the general manager involved in that? Maybe, maybe not. Is the, is the sporting director involved in that? Then you need to get those pieces in place because if you don't, then you're already creating that tension that we know of inheriting a staff or a team or a hierarchy that might not make sense. And as we look towards the next few years, we really need those to align together. There can be healthy tension, uh, and there should be healthy tension in those in those positions. But if you get that order backwards, then again, I think we're starting from a really bad spot. Okay, Chuck, your thoughts. It, oh,
2: there's a l- lot of positions that, that we need to look at. I think you have to start at the top because mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. you need uh, direction. You need guidance from the leader and, and where – this program's going, where it's headed. And you need, you need to have the ultimate leader to basically put everything in place. You can't hire a coach before you hire the the sp- <laughs> sporting director and the technical director. So I'm, I'm just thinking of, of where you go from here, because well, look well, at the so Chuck, Chuck,
0: Chuck, Chuck, I'm going to pull you back here. Yeah. Uh, you, you throw your name, you threw your name indirectly into the hat. In the last couple of podcasts, yeah, for sure, not like, indirectly. What, like he was he was doing what's, layup. What's your what's your vision? Just say you're interviewing for the job right now, Chuck. If you were taking over <laughs> sporting director or technical director of the men's national team, what is the plan? Like, what what would you do to help kind of make sure that we keep this thing pointed in the right direction and and are demonstrating progress and that is reflected in how we perform in the 2026 World Cup?
2: Well, one, you you have to have an identity, and and the thing is, you don't really have to rebuild. I think what is there is is a good foundation what this team currently has the player pool everything is is in place you're not starting from scratch which is great you come in and you make sure okay who who's the right man for this job who are we going to go after you have your targets maybe there's ten, a list of 10 10 coaches that you're trying to go after and then so we, technical need a, dir- we need director. a technical
0: director first then yeah yes we had to go technical director first Right. Because that, that's he's going to be the link. He's the connective tissue between your vision and actually the execution.
2: And, right? and then holding the coach accountable. Right. And right. and the, the other coaches who are the youth coaches who are falling in line, basically trying to make sure that the youth national teams are, are playing a certain way to to eventually feed the, feed the top team. So can, can, as technical can, directors, I'm not sure how many options there are. Right. And and then you you go back to do they have to be American? Do they have do they have to have mm-hmm. played on the national team or had some sort of national team experience versus, you know, your Tim Basbachenkos of the world, or you know, you know, there's I'm sure Garth Lar- Largaway would have been a, a top candidate had he not taken Atlanta. He's probably thinking, like, oh, should I have taken this Atlanta job? Yeah, I mean that 2026
0: carrot um, is 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 insane. I mean if we do well on that, I mean that it's just could be the peak of your career, right? To have but, be part of a twenty successful twenty twenty six World Cup. But I, I thought that we would go sort out the women's lawsuit. Okay, move past yep. that.
1: New collective bargaining agreement for the players. Move past that. Step three in talking to U.S. Soccer was rebuild U.S. Soccer's not rebuild their image, but build their image again with fans and with consumers and with people. Right. And I just feel like they did the first two. And now we're on three, and if you're – whether somebody looking at the job or you're a fan or you're a consumer or whatever, you're looking at it going like, so what's changed? We've now got three positions open, and someone's got to step up, and, and it's going to be so political, and it's going to be – everything's going to be so quiet and silent out of U.S. soccer in this situation. I don't know if we're going to get clarity as to why is there three jobs open right now. No, no. In what no. case? What That's is true. going what is going right or wrong? Even if even if it's all circumstantial, at a certain point you got to be able to stand up and explain why it's all circumstantial and why it's not all interconnected and why things are actually moving forward and why we're excited about the future. But going back from the World Cup, it's been dead silent coming out of US soccer for the most part.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and I don't and think you have to think it's just because of this. This whole Reina Burhalter thing, right. right? But also also you're thinking uh, if if I'm coaching or I'm a part of U.S. soccer and and you have the World Cup in 2026, there should be m- maybe one job in the entire globe that maybe pushes you away from from this monumental occurrence in in, in our country. That this is basically going to take our sport and raise it to a whole another level. So now we are literally competing with NBA. MLB and, and NFL, like on a, on a legit scale. And you don't have to have a question about, Hey, you guys forgot to, you know, mention this MLS team or, or this U S you know, the U S men's or women's teams in in commercials or this or that they will, you will always think about the sport. And so I'm thinking how, how, how can you be moved off of this job knowing what's in front of you? So I guess my, my, another question I have is if you can get a Yugi love now, or you can get Let's say Jose Mourinho right now. Yeah. Right now, do would you pull the trigger or do you wait and then that then that option is potentially gone? You know what I mean?
0: Right. I think there's an interesting underlying theme to what both of you are saying. With regard to us being reactionary. It feels like just soccer in general in this country, we're always reacting to whatever the moment is, and I always got frustrated using MLS as an as an example of. Okay, I think everybody understands why the single entity structure was put into place. The previous leagues, professional soccer leagues that had tried it and started and failed, didn't work. And the single entity structure gave some security to that. My issue with that is that there didn't seem like there was a evolution to it, an exit strategy to, okay, it did what it's going to do. Let's take the handcuffs off and start to really let the owners and let there be some... Some, some individual ownership and, and decision-making from the club level, just like we see everywhere else around the world. And that gets frustrating for me because it still feels like they're, now they're just being protective of an idea and maybe not evolving it the way that it maybe could and maybe should in the future. That's a whole different podcast. We can get into that another mm-hmm. time and bring on special guests to, to touch upon different points. But with regard to this, when we think about 26, we're going to have so much momentum for the game in this country. And it feels like if we're still in reactionary mode, we're missing out on so many opportunities to grow the game, accelerate the growth of the game in this country. Are we putting someone in place, MLS, U.S. soccer, NWSL, women's national, whatever it is, because the Women's World Cup is in 27. It might be in the U.S. as well. They haven't determined that yet. But what are we doing to put a team in place, actually hiring people that know what the hell they're doing to make sure that we're capturing this momentum and, and using it in a, in, to get to your point, Heath, to, to get back to the consumers. To make sure that they're feeling a part of it, that everything is is clear, that we're all working and rowing the boat in the same direction. That's always been something that frustrates me too in this country. Is that we have all these acronyms of different leagues at different levels, and it, everybody's working against each other. And you're like God, this feels really counterproductive. I don't. I don't know, uh, Heath. I'll let you go first on on what I'm saying because now I don't really. It's like a it's like a dot dot dot. My conversation. I don't have a hard period or an exclamation point.
1: No, I I, I think that we can look at it through the lens of chaos or we can look at it through the lens of, of opportunity. And that's going to be, I think on us soccer to shape that narrative for all of us to, to buy into and believe in, because I think we're at a point now where they need to earn. I'm speaking as, as fans and, and even as former players our our trust again. Right. I think the us, I think the world cup was a successful one, but now we're caught in the midst of controversy and it feels like, Out coming out of the back of that controversy, even if it's all circumstantial, maybe Ernie Stewart didn't mention it to anybody and had had been offered this opportunity and been sitting on it for a while. Or maybe it's just recent. And he was like, this is a life changing thing. If anything, for Ernie, this is a fantastic win for him. Even in the best of times of US soccer, if PSV came knocking, you'd still think about it. It's a big club. It's a huge club. And he's from there. You know, like it's not like he's he's. He's he's running away from his responsibilities. It's 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 a legitimate thing that anybody would have to consider.
0: However, so, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I just there's like there's a quote here from Cindy Parlocone mm-hmm. and from Brian McBride in this press release they put out about how this is Brian's words who says after careful consideration, this decision for me to leave was made prior to the 2022 World Cup, but we collectively felt that any potential disruption to the team's focus would have been a detriment at the time. I'm looking forward to the opportunities ahead. What I find interesting is if that was actually made prior to the World Cup, then once we get knocked out, could you had we had like a month, five weeks, six weeks to make an announcement about Brian mm-hmm. McBride moving on. And only after controversy do we make that decision. And and then when that gets announced, now we're giving out a press release a week later to hear his thoughts. And I don't know, it's interesting to me. Uh, Charlie, you want to chime in on, on anything we've been talking about? Go for it.
2: <laughs> no, I'm I'm all I'm all ears. I mean, there's just so many questions here uh, of of wh- where where is U S soccer heading? What what is what is the really number one priority for the U S men's team and then the U S women's team? And you know, if if I'm looking at building a a successful program and and all this momentum, the right hire maybe is is not not an American necessarily. Maybe it's, it's someone who's helped put together, you know, a successful run, you know, whether it be Liverpool because the Fenway, Fenway sports group was there and, and obviously turned Liverpool around and and ha- basically the one on this run the past six, seven years. So, you know, is, is it something like that? And, and would this offer be enough to entice someone who has a, a coveted role in Europe, you know? So I think that's another thing. How, what, what does that offer look like? Is it, is it something to, to move anyone because we have people already leaving, you know? So it's one of those things where if you, if you have that position, if it's so, so important, you would never leave it, right? You would never say this isn't the right fit. I'm going to try and figure out a way to make this work. Cause it's such a special position as opposed to man, uh, you know, we have all these Americans leaving now. How are we going to bring up an even higher profile, um, trusted trusted and tried European who will help us get get over the hump and, and get to a a semifinals in a world cup.
0: All right. So I have a few questions before we let everybody go here on this emergency podcast. and Brian McBride is out. It's okay. Maybe this is circumstantial, maybe Brian's decision was made prior to the world cup. And Ernie just had a, a opportunity that he couldn't turn down, gets closer to family PSV, obviously one of the bigger clubs and Holland. What happens with Greg now? Because when we talked to Brian, when he came on the show, his communication, what he had built up, what he helped Greg build with the team, with the culture to make sure everything was good. The relationships were good and strong with all the clubs that all the players play on that now is going to change if Greg mm-hmm. stays and, and his direct reports into what Charlie was saying before about being top down. Well, what if the new sporting director and technical don't like Greg or, or want to change like what it gets really gray right now and a little sticky. Uh, so, so I think, I think Greg's gone anyway, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, think it's, it helps here. I think if both of them
1: stayed, Greg would still be gone just because of the circumstances that have surrounded us soccer post world cup. I think that's made it really hard for, even if he was a 49-51 or 51-49 after the World Cup, in terms of what I think was a successful rollout of a very young and experienced team uh, moving forward, I think that second uh, that second stint is always a very high risk one um, for the players because you do demand a lot during that window to get the most out of them come World Cup, and mm-hmm. then once all this happened, then I think it swings beyond beyond the point of return, and and there's just no way that 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 like you said, like we just talked about, well okay, we're going to have a search up until summer and you're going to keep this interim coach on board. Well, you're obviously heading towards an open transfer window in terms of managers being out of contract and opportunities there to, to, to take them out of season or, or buy out their contracts or have them walk away. You're dealing with all kinds of things, right? But step one is is figuring out all these other, like, you know, what what is that 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 technical role and how do you get that person in? Um, and maybe that person turns around and says, I'm 100% backing. Greg Berhalter, because he's the right guy in the circumstance that we have to move forward. And that's the case. But that's why you hire that role. Yes, there's a coaching search. And yes, it needs to be approved by the board budget wise. And yes, JT's going to have a say and Cindy's going to have a say and all, everyone's going to have a say. But the technical director, usually when they come in, at least in the club scenario, need to have some autonomy to make some decisions to be accountable for, for what they want.
2: Can I ask you a question? Both of you guys? Yeah. Who,
1: shoot.
2: What, what, can, what type of candidate would you go after as a, for, as for a sporting sport, director? Or sporting or director. I think I think we know for a coach because, you know, you you, to get the most out of this group, I think you got to go to to someone who's had a lot of success in Europe. And I think that's why or internationally. And I think that's why we said, you know, Jose Mourinho, that would be an awesome Yugi Love, who's obviously had an incredible um, span with with Germany. But as far as a sporting director, who would you who would be kind of somebody that you, you would go after?
0: Yeah, in terms of names, I guess I'd have to sit by the fire uh, and smoke I mean, my pipe and figure out what I... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I lean towards somebody that that plays <laughs> that,
1: one, you have to have an experience of knowing the continental United States, right? The the, the the cultural side of the game here, because if you're implementing a style or a system of play, you need to understand that it's not as simple as turning it on. How kids grow up playing in 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 uh, border states or in uh, New multiple, Hampshire multiple communities, and 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 different from Charlie on on ice in New Hampshire, is going to be <laughs> completely different, right? The seasons are different. The way you develop are different. Like understanding the nuance of the system of player development, because you're not just talking about oh, I, I'm just trying to implement a style of the of, of the first team. You're trying to build an infrastructure for the future, right? Um, or build on. The infrastructure that's already been built which I hope is 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 the case uh, so it makes it really hard to think about candidates because when I think European I'm like okay well then there's an educational phase and transitional phase when I think about US candidates I'm like who's the right candidate um and 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 then how does that align to to a head coach right so if you went and got a. US uh sporting director then and then a European head coach what's the what's the combination of that right right or you know exactly. or or vice versa it's it's a really complicated situation right now as to you know chicken
0: or the egg all i'll say is that this has to have hit pause on our coaching search like you cannot hire a coach before you hire a sporting director or or even the technical director that brian mcbride the general manager or whatever that that he mm-hmm. was in you just can't those those two roles have to have oversight and and choice and their options and who that should be leading uh, our national team moving forward and and did you, so already, now, get,
2: didn't you already get offered the role well,
0: I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, so I can't confirm or deny any rumors at this time, Charlie, but, but I'm weighing, I'm weighing my options. I think that's okay. the best way to say it. It's just like you. I mean, ultimately, I'm waiting to see if you're going to sign a sporting director yeah. first before. I low-key I, think, I low-key think I one of the three, I three of us is I don't I know if I watch Charlie's
1: my boss. I low-key think one of the three of us is applying for one of those positions. I don't know who it is. I, it's a survivor island. No one's gonna say anything, but well, I, I think one of us in here is gonna do it. You know, listen, because listen. Throw, I, I just throw, like
0: throw a name in the hat. Char- Charlie's a passive aggressive to. boss. I think. You know, I, 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 I've talked to some of the people that work at his houses that are doing that type of stuff, and, <laughs> and he's super passive aggressive. No, not making eye contact. Like, hey, man, you missed a spot, Dusting over there. I, it's gonna be uh, tough because you, you got to get you, Charlie's you, boat all the way to Chicago. Yeah, well, at least there's a hard. lake there. Like,
1: you can I keep saw the boat a up. scratch
0: you on my boat. Can you whack? Can you like
1: keep buff that out? But he will be able to keep the boat in Chicago, which is good for him. Summers will be nice. <laughs> uh,. Yeah. Uh, By the way, when yeah, when when Charlie talked about Ernie picking him up from the airport, I was like, of course because Charlie flew in on a private plane, Ernie pulls right up to the plane <laughs> and, and helps him out. Like that's a fun that's a fun pickup. You I don't know if they can afford Charlie, you LAX. I don't know if they can afford Hey, you come into LAX and I got to keep doing loops to pick you up, Charlie. I'm going to just tell <laughs> yes, you to hop on Uber, you know. But when you <laughs> yeah. fly when you fly private like Charlie is you pull right onto the tarmac and and and
0: and pick him up, which is a, you know, that's a that's an easy pickup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That has got a long list, I think, of demands if he was going to take this job. So yeah, okay, yeah, so I mean, vote him in. Do,
2: do you think though, if it is an American, that they would have had to have won an MLS Cup? Do you think that would be important to to get this role? Like, which would signify that they they've had success. They've because uh, this is the are direction. you suggesting like a John Thorington or yeah yeah I mean whether it's at LFC yeah I mean if it's someone who put together a team, and in the, and obviously they've won an MLS Cup. Don't don't you think that is probably something that needs to happen?
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I think, yeah, some level of success, knowing how to put successful organizations together, I think would be super important. So that means Chris Klein is out. <laughs> Shout out to Kleiner at the Galaxy. Not doing well, my friend. Good luck next season. But, I um, yeah, I think that has to be some type of pre- pre- prerequisite a level of success demonstrating that you know how to make things work d- despite difficult circumstances, coping with adversity, balancing all these different personalities, getting everybody on the same page mm-hmm. and, and, and showing at the end of all that, that you have a trophy or something to signify. I know what the hell I'm doing. Yes. I think that's important. So, so Thornton would be an interesting hire. He's young, ambitious, smart. And, uh, I'm kind of curious, but, like we talked about him before. I don't know if he'd leave the job at LAFC. It seems like he's bought himself a few years to chill out after winning MLS cup last year. And I think he's got I don't a great relationship. Have you seen him? No, yet? I know he, he doesn't. He, he doesn't chill, he but like I think perfect. he like, like mentally, emotionally, he
1: first chill. workout, you know, 2 PM, second it's, workout, yeah. everything in between. is just like, you know, call, screaming, fighting for 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 your team to 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 build it up. But again, That's they do have some technical aspects. You know, you have your Tony the Poor's at US Soccer that, that there's gonna be people that, that come in that are that are uh, is that shout out New Hampshire, Charlie? It um, is New yeah. Hampshire. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. You
2: New know? England's all up yeah. in here.
1: Uh but but there's gonna be there is a technical aspect that they believe in already at U.S. soccer that wasn't just implemented by Greg, right? Or wasn't just implemented by Ernie Stewart. There is a wider process of people that are in place to be able to help carry this thing forward. Therefore, the next candidate can't just come in and go, I got a whole bunch of ideas. I need to hire the coach. I also need to hire the GM. We're going to play a completely different style. Like there's going to be some... It's got to be a continuation in some ways. People can call Greg a failure. They can call Ernie a failure on what he's done. People can have whatever opinions they want of that, but it has to be a continuation. It can't be a fresh start where we're going to rebuild U.S. soccer again for the umpteenth time.
0: Okay, final thoughts then from everybody. I will go first. I'm very curious to see how this is all going to play out. I do think that the timeline has now switched with regard to our coaching selection and who we're going to go with. I do find it interesting That Sportsology, who is run by Mike Ford, has a very close relationship with Carlo Ancelotti, who maybe he's done what he's going to do with Real Madrid and he wants to do something else. I know that he once mentioned that he would manage Canada at a World Cup. Maybe we can convince him to manage the U.S. instead. I would take Ancelotti in a heartbeat. So uh, I'm very curious uh, if if that can be massaged in any way. And because if we're going to really wait till the summer, maybe he's available that that's uh, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm trying to will that into existence. But that is my final thought, Charlie. Final thoughts for you on this emergency podcast.
2: I just hope we we put a team uh, or a staff together asap. I mean, I, ideally by Nations League, right? So not not the one in March, the one in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think that that we got to have a coach by then. By that okay. Nations League, I'd like to see a manager.
0: Yep, there you go. You heard it from the new sporting director, Charlie Davies. <laughs> Keith, final thoughts? <laughs> That's so good.
1: That's well done, Jimmy. Good delivery. Good setup and good delivery. Just pinned him in the corner and and uh, waited for it. No, I mean, for me, it's again, what I what I want to see is a, a a clear and confident plan. I'll buy into anything that U.S. Soccer does because I love U.S. Soccer, uh, but I just want to see that confidence in a plan. I want things to feel connected from now in the coaching search, and the GM search, and in, in the sporting director search, I wanted to have sort of the values uh, at the forefront of what we're trying to do and accomplish, leave out all the other controversies and just see a clear plan that allows us to go, OK, I agree or don't agree, but at least I see what they're trying to do. And that's it. OK. And then win a World Cup think, in 26. But well, besides, yeah, that, no besides that, I'm good. You know, besides maybe maybe that, the Copa America in 24 <laughs> yeah. as
0: well. That would be great. Yeah. All right, everybody, that is the end. Of soccer, we trust. So, on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie and Davies, Hollywood, Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conradino, Conrad, saying thank you for listening and supporting as always. And we will see you Saturday, going live right after the game as the U.S. take on Colombia in L.A. Where the Galaxy play, and it should be a lot of fun. So enjoy those ninety minutes, and we'll see you afterwards. Later.